reading from the 15th chapter of the epistle to the Romans, beginning with the first verse. We who are strong ought to put up with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us must please our neighbor for the good purpose of building up the neighbor. For Christ did not please Himself. But as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on Me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, so that by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of steadfastness and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus so that together you may with our one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God in order that He might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. As it is written, Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. And again He says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples praise Him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse shall come, the one who rises to rule the Gentiles. In Him the Gentiles shall hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So when I was trying to come up with words to put on the wall today, I suddenly realized that I couldn't put who or what or what thing. You know, you kind of run out of stuff. So who is your, who's your source kind of gives the right answer away in a way, doesn't it? In a way, but just kind of ignore that. Think about that as a who slash what is your source. Because what we want to deal with right now is what good is hope? There are circumstances that make hope beneficial. Sometimes hope can just be a false way of thinking. Not all the time, but sometimes. It depends on the source of hope. There was a pastor one day who decided to speak a stern message to his church. He wanted to remind his church that everyone, everyone, no matter how good we think we are, no matter how saved we think we are, that every last one of us will give an account to Almighty God for every careless word we speak. So he said to them, every member of this church will be judged. Now, I don't know about you, but I speak some careless words sometimes. Any of y'all guilty of that? Start thinking, boy, I wish I'd have thought about that before I said it. And you can't get it back, and it's out there, and you know, it's hard to undo something that you say. And he wanted them to think about that so that they might be kinder to one another and somehow put up with each other's weaknesses and each other's failings a little better. Maybe they might be more courteous to one another. So he said, every member of this church will be judged, and the air just, just floated out of the room. 
And everybody except one man looked sad. And he was just as happy as he could be. And he was clapping and smiling. And it looked like he was about to bust forth into song and maybe bright light come out of him like the Frozen movie or something. And the preacher asked him, church said, man, everybody else just got stern and was thinking about that word. How come you were so happy? He said, I'm not a member of your church. <laughs> he had a false hope. His hope was based in what he is not. A lot of people had that kind of hope, right? Remember, Jesus told a story about a man that kind of hope. He went to the temple to pray and he said, Lord, I'm glad I'm not like him. Remember that? He had a false hope. His hope was built in what he's not. That he's not like other people. That he's not an atheist during Christmas. Or something like that. You with me? He had a false hope. Not something that would stand or last. The source of his hope was what he was not. Which means that it's going to eventually fail him, isn't it? We've all experienced that kind of hope. We all had that kind of hope. We've had the kind of hope that says, I'm glad I'm not unemployed. And then the next thing you know, your boss walks in your office and you're unemployed. That kind of hope can be fleeting. There was a little bird that experienced some hope one time. Tony Evans tells this story. He tells some other ones that I really want to use right this minute, but they're not really related to the sermon. But I'm going to tell you anyway. One of my favorite ones, his boy told him one time, but Dad, I don't want to take out the trash. He says, Son, I can change the way you feel. Y'all laugh. That's funny. But he tells a story about a little bird. And the little bird decided, Man, I think it's time to fly south. I'm getting cold. But he had waited too long because somebody had a bird feeder out, and he liked that bird feeder. And he didn't want to leave it quite yet. And so he was hanging around and hanging around. And the next thing you know, he says, I'm too cold. i got to leave. So he starts flying south. And along about Virginia, it's getting rough on him. He rolls into North Carolina, and it's almost more than he can stand. He's, the wings are icing up, and he's getting heavier and heavier by the minute. And the next thing you know, he's sitting in the pasture in York by a barn. And he's frozen stiff. His little heart's still beating, but he knows it's the end. Any second now, he's going to die. He just knows it. And all he can think about is, I should have left that bird feeder. Should have left that bird feeder alone. And he's laying by that barn. The sun's not even warming him up. But all of a sudden, this big thing walked over top of him. And he looked up and saw some black stuff falling out of the sky. And all of a sudden, he was immersed in this warm, sticky wonder that was heating him up and he realized it was a cow and he became so thankful for the cow and as he laid there in the cow manure his little body started warming up and he could feel his heart beat stronger and stronger and he was so happy and so glad and just filled with such hope that he burst forth into song can't you just imagine that little bird? He nearly froze to death. Maybell has pooped on him. He's warmed up and he's filled with hope and he just starts singing. And the cat heard him. And the cat ate him. Dug him right at him manure and just ate him up. His hope was in what he had. His hope was in his circumstances. His hope was in Maybell just happened to pass over him and do something good for him. His hope wasn't in something permanent. His hope wasn't in something that will last. It was temporary. We've all had those kinds of experiences. I had some recently. 
I have bad luck. It's, it's no lie. My wife has a nickname for my luck. My wife calls me boo-boo, but y'all aren't allowed to. We're clear on that. <laughs> and, and she says I have boo-boo luck. She like calls it that. We have a name for it. Somebody gave me a fishing rod not terribly long ago. My name might be Bobby. And I remember thinking to myself, man, something going to happen. You know what? Too bad. Things happened that very week. Other stuff tore up. It's just my luck. Brandon Birch just started calling it the same thing. Is Brandon here today? I could have called him as a witness. I think he told me, he said, boy, you shouldn't have taken that fishing rod. Hope in our circumstances won't last because our circumstances change. Some people say that we fear change, but the truth isn't we don't fear change. We fear that what we are right now will become invalid. And so sometimes we fight the changes that might really give us hope. We fight the things that might really wake us up to the fact that God is our only source of hope that matters. That changes, whether they're good or bad, can't give us hope. It's the source of good that gives us hope. It's the one who is good who gives us hope. And Paul wants the Roman people to know that. The Roman church to know that. Because they exist in a place where it's illegal to only worship one God. They exist in a place where it's not legal to be a Christian. They exist in a place where they can come to harm. And many of them are Jewish and some of them are Gentiles. And that in and of itself is a miracle, Paul says. Of course, he says that through Christ, there's no longer Jew nor Gentile. There's no longer the chosen people and people who aren't chosen. There's no longer people who were set apart and people who don't belong. That everyone can be part of God's kingdom through Christ. There's no one who doesn't belong. And the joining together of Jew and Gentile was a sign of the goodness of the kingdom and the hope that we all can have. That we can be unified and have one voice and declare peace to the world. If God could join together the Jews and the Gentiles, he's saying God must be the source of hope. And so he says to them, God is steadfast. God will not fail you. God will not change. God will not leave you abandoned. God will not be something today and not be that tomorrow. God is steadfast. And God offers encouragement by the boatload full. You will never outrun God's encouragement. It will always be in front of you. In the face of someone who loves Christ and even sometimes in the face of people who don't love Christ. God can use anyone to be an encouragement to us and keep us rooted in hope that God is with us. And that's what the Advent season is about. Anticipating and remembering that no matter what, God will be with us and our hope is in God. He is the source of our hope. Not our things, our stuff, our house, our family, or anything else. Because all of that can change. In Sunday school, somebody brought up the name of Job and I thought, man, it would have been good for us to have heard a little bit of Job today. Remember Job's story? If you don't know it, call me later, I'll tell you. Hope is not in the things we have. It's not in who we are. It's not in who we're not. It's not in our families. It's not in our celebrations. It's not in our country. It's not in our politicians, our party, our military service. It's not in anything else but God. And all the other things that our culture pumps up as if they'll give us hope like Hellsburg Diamonds and all this stuff. I mean, I've watched a couple of them Hallmark movies with my wife this week. I don't know how y'all are surviving that mess. The only thing that gives us hope is Christ. 
Because without that, all we have is judgment. I don't want to be held accountable for all my careless words, do you? The only hope I have is Jesus. And that's all the hope I ever had. That God comes to us. And that's what we're remembering as we enter into the Christmas season. And we remember the one called Emmanuel who was God with us. That He was born on that night when the angels sang and said, Oh, peace has come to human beings. And His name is Jesus. What is the source of your hope, church? What is the source of your hope? What is it that guides your life? What is it that animates you? What is it that gives you joy? Your neighbors need for the answer to those questions to be God. Your co-workers need for the answer to those questions to be God. Your people in your life, whether they're your friends or your enemies, they need for you to answer that question, the God of Israel is my source. For He is the one who created you. He is the one who sustains you. He is the one who is saving you. He is the one who is calling you. He is the one who will be steadfast to you and encourage you and lead you into being something that you can't be right now. But you may be tomorrow. And then for all eternity. Which is a reflection of hope in the world. You may feel that right now you can't be that. But dear ones, if God is at work in you, you will be a reflection of hope in the world and of the one who gives that hope. I pray that you will receive that word with joy. And anticipate the day when you realize that your life has become a witness to the steadfastness and encouragement of God. That your life has become the embodiment of these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Dear ones, what is the source of your hope? Who is the source of your hope? Who is your life grounded in? Think and pray on that this week. Amen. With those